Wonderful. All right. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow the show, winningcureseverything.com, on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything, or on Twitter at winningcures. Here's the rundown for today. It's going to be a short show. I've got places to be. I have been places already today. I'm running like crazy. Chris and I are recording tonight uh, the Super Bowl preview along with some prop picks and everything else. So we will have that up this evening. Uh, The rundown for today's show, Wednesday, January 30th, NCAA looking at decreasing chances of marathon overtime games in college football. Pac-12's primary talent pool for college football is shrinking. And Major Applewhite and Mike Stoops possibly to Alabama along with college basketball picks. So let's go ahead and fire away. Uh, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They've got six incredible sports books. Go check them out over at tunicatravel.com. You can get more information over there. Topic number one. The NCAA is looking at decreasing the chances of marathon overtime games. Now, I don't believe that there's anything wrong There we go, (laughs) fix this chair. Uh, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with the way that the overtime system is set up in college football right now. If you wanted to change it and possibly change where the football is placed, right, the position of the ball, move it back to like the 35-yard line, that way a field goal is not as simple. Maybe that's a possibility, but what they are discussing doing is switching it over to after two overtimes, it would be a two-point conversion for each team until somebody stops the other team. I don't understand it. I don't think it makes sense. I think it's kind of ridiculous. But what they're trying to get away from is the LSU-Texas A&M game that went seven overtimes and had 207 total plays. The average NCAA game has 140 plays. This one had 207. It's more chances for players to be injured. If you have a game the next week, it wears out the players. So they're looking at it from a safety standpoint. I can understand that. What I don't get is that this happens so rarely. The last four seasons, there have been an average of 37 games go to overtime each season. And that's a, I mean, it's a lot of football games that are played, and only that many go to overtime each season. An average of only six per season go past the second overtime. We've only had seven overtimes, what, three times? I mean, you can remember them on, they're on one hand. It's Ole Miss and Arkansas back forever ago when Houston Nutt was the coach, I believe, at, at Arkansas. Uh, you had LSU A&M last year. And I don't even remember the other one, but it's it doesn't happen that often. And when it does happen, it becomes a ratings bonanza. So for these this money-hungry bunch in college football to be discussing something that would take away ratings doesn't make sense to me. While it would be interesting to see teams go for like you got to score, uh, you got to score from the three-yard line every time you get the ball. Otherwise, the other team could win the ball game. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It's penalty kicks in soccer. It's the same thing. Why don't we just line up offensive linemen to kick field goals? I remember that going around at some point, however long ago, for NFL overtimes. I don't think you need to change anything. Stop messing with something good. If it goes seven overtimes, that's fine. Because it gets everybody talking about the sport. It's crazy. 
LSU A&M was rated the number one game of the season across the board by every major media platform. No reason to change this. Give people something to look forward to, especially in a sport that only allows four teams into a playoff. Give teams something interesting to play for. I'm in with that. Next topic up, Pac-12's primary talent pool is shrinking faster than other Power Fives. There are not, it, this is no secret. This has been going on for a long time. Um, the Pac-12 and the West Coast do not have as many five-stars, as many four-stars, as there are over on the East Coast. Some of that has to do with population. Some of that has to do with the sport itself not being as big out there. Uh, people on the West Coast don't care as much about college football. They just don't, which trickles down, which means they don't care as much about high school football, etc. There are some places that care immensely. I understand that. But the majority of the population out there does not care one way or another. That's just the way it is. That's the way it has been. It's the way it will be forever. So the other side of this is football over the past five, six, seven years has started to see a, a downtrend because of the concussion scare, right? In the South, you, kids will never stop playing football. However, out West, in more of the blue states, parents will be taking their kids out of football earlier to play other sports where they are less likely to get hurt, right? Soccer, baseball, stuff like that. They will be playing those sports as opposed to, or or any other. And there's a reason the Pac-12 Network thought that uh, they had a, a big market share for Olympic uh, games, right? So with track and field and shot put and gymnastics and whatever, right? All of those... That's what the kids out there will be doing. The kids in the South will still be playing football. The kids on the East Coast, a lot of them will still be playing football. So you are going to see a rapid decline of, of high-caliber athletes playing football in blue states, California, New York, etc. There's a reason that this goes on, and I don't know that there's anything that the Pac-12 can do about it. Like, I think this is the direction that football is going, and it will be incredibly interesting to see what happens going forward as this continues, as more parents keep their kids from playing football. My wife and I have had numerous conversations. My son is, is eight months old on February 1st, or sorry, nine months old on February 1st. And I'm already discussing, okay, I want him to play football. What, you know, where do we go from here? Because she would rather he not. So we start out with flag football and then maybe work our way into tackle, et cetera, et cetera. More parents are talking about this all over the place. It didn't used to be a thing. The best athletes used to play football. Now it's basketball. Now it's soccer. Now it's whatever. And there is a market for everything. So we will see the talent. And it's partly why you can't find as many good quarterbacks, right? Because the smartest kids are probably not playing football. The majority, anyway. It, I will love to see this, and I, I, I read a lot of the stories that come out about this. I want to see what happens. I'm interested in it. Uh, I am a parent. I will be figuring this stuff out as I go. So nine months old, I don't have to worry about it for another you know four or five years. But for now, I, I'm keeping up with what's happening and, and where everything is going. Right. Next topic, Alabama hiring more big-name analysts 
and it, it causes a stir every time. But I don't know that these will, will cause so much of a stir. Mike Stoops, former defensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Major Applewhite, former head coach at Houston. What cracks me up is that nobody wants to hire these guys. And, and if they do, we haven't heard anything about it, right? Nobody wants to bring in Mike Stoops as even just a position coach. Nobody wants to bring in an Apple White as or Major uh, Applewhite as an offensive coordinator, anything like that. So they end up as analysts at Alabama for part of Nick Saban's rehab program, right? He brings in coaches that nobody wants. He works on them. He lets them learn his system a little bit. And then they go back out, and they are suddenly more attractive, and they get better jobs. They get bigger jobs, et cetera. Uh, Kenneth jumps in on YouTube. What's up, Gary? What's up, Kenneth? How you doing? Uh, I know you were asking earlier. We are recording the uh, the show tonight, uh, the Super Bowl preview and whatnot. So, and Chris and I will be doing all of our uh, season-ending recaps and whatnot next week for college football and the NFL, going back over our projections, what actually happened, what we think caused those things to happen, etc. So we'll we'll figure all that out. But um, back to Major Applewhite, Mike Stoops, etc. The the Alabama analysts. There is nothing stopping other programs from doing this. If these guys had worth at other programs, they would have been picked up. That's the bottom line. I think Nick Saban does this to help these guys out because when his name gets attached to these guys, they become more attractive candidates to other places. Other places want to know how Nick Saban runs his program they get a peek inside for a year, two, three, whatever. Uh, and if they don't end up latching on as an on-field assistant with Alabama, they go off somewhere else. But as of right now, these guys don't have opportunities. So I like it. I like what they do. I like the way that Nick Saban runs this program. I'm an Alabama fan, so of course I'm going to like it, right? That's the way it goes. Chris, he may not like it as much, but uh, but that's okay. We'll We'll let him do his thing. I got four basketball picks for you this evening. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time explaining it, but uh, go get these numbers while you can. I just got these recently. I did a little digging. I've had a lot to do today, so I apologize that these are a little bit late, but here are the four games. I'm taking Drake, minus four, at home against Illinois State. Illinois State is awful on the road. Drake, uh, people have been fading them all year. Drake's a good basketball team. Drake, minus four, at home. That's the play. Next one, the total under 136 for Indiana at Rutgers. Neither one of these teams is playing great right now. I think 136 is too many points. Uh, It'll be close to that number, but I think I'm going to go under the 136. Uh, By the way, I went 3-2 last night, currently sitting at 85-61-1. That's 58.22% on the season against the number in college basketball. Game number three for me, I'm going over 131 in Fresno State and Wyoming. Both of these teams all season long have been hitting unders and unders. and This line has been bet down from 134.5 down to 131. The metrics say that it should be closer to 137, 138. I'm going to take 131. The public is way too much on the 131 uh, under, so I'm going over 131. Finally, last game, Evansville minus 3.5 at home against Bradley. Neither one of these teams are very good. Bradley is awful on the road. Evansville has started to find a little bit of a spark. Uh, I they they haven't looked great recently, but they are coming back off of a road trip. I think they're going to look good at home. Minus three and a half. I know it's more than one possession, but I think Evansville gets the win there. 
As always, you can find the picks over at winningcureseverything.com. You go up in the navigation bar and hit that gambling picks button. It's going to be right there, or it will be in the description of the YouTube video. Make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever your favorite app is, we're there. Uh, make sure you hit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash everything. You can follow us on Twitter at winningcures or me at GaryWCE. We will be back with more. We're going to have our Super Bowl preview this evening. Uh, but I will, uh, I will see you tonight, and I will see you tomorrow. We love you guys. Thank you.